I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Guess who's back? You're listening to Text Message, the UK-focused technology podcast with me, Nate Langson. And additionally, me, Ian Morris. And brought to you once again by you thank you to our uh, beloved patrons who have uh, supported us and stuck with us uh, every week over our summer break um, obviously you're not being charged for anything because we've not put anything out but thanks for still being here most of you um, if you are a patron this obviously is your extended cut of uh, this week's um glorious return of a show uh, if you're not yet a patron but would like to get uh, our extended cuts uh, weekly columns and and, and more then uh, head to patreon.com slash uk tech there's a link in the show notes and in the mp3 description to find out how you can support us very very low cost no commitment uh, and obviously as we move into our sort of new season um any experiments with supporting us would be very much appreciated um ian we've been gone for a while over the summer the hot, beautiful, yep. not at all raining summer here in <laughs> Great Britain uh, that we have as our homeland. How have you been? I mean, I know. Let's pretend I don't know because well, I haven't seen we, you we, several we, times. We speak, don't we? Um, yeah, yeah I've, I've been good, mate. Yeah, it's uh, you know, I mean, uh, I think, it, I mean, obviously, we, you know, we've had, we've recently been having some people talk to us on Twitter saying, "When are you guys coming back? We miss you," which is lovely, and we really like that. Um, yeah, I mean, but, and, and, and you have to no no worries at all. You know, we're very much like um, you know like a cold sore or um, what's that STI that you can't cure? Uh, I don't know. Is it gonorrhea? Herpes. 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 Yeah, yeah. We, we're sort of like that in that we might go away for a bit, but yes. we'll never be actually gone. We'll always come back. Um, you know, that's 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 the Nate Langston promise. We brought it back now, despite the fact that in three weeks I'm getting uh-huh. married. Yeah, uh, I mean, this isn't ideal timing, is it? But it's worth having a crack at it. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, we, we've got another three weeks we'll do then. There'll be probably a couple of weeks when I'm away because I'm getting married. Ian, for those of you who don't know, is one of my groomsmen as well. So he can't really do the show on his own. And um, <laughs> But I'm and not then, going on a honeymoon with you. So No, uh... that's true. No, <laughs> Ian's, Ian's job begins and ends on the wedding day. Um <laughs> And, uh, you know, everything after that I'll, I'll take care of. Um, but And then we'll be back, you know, properly every week um, from, from then on. Now, there is something that I must uh, just point out. If any of you are wondering if I sound a little different, there are two reasons for this. Um, the first reason is because we have a beautiful new microphone uh, here in, in my studio here, um, except that I don't have the beautiful new cable required to plug it in to my mixing desk. Um, it is an oversight. Some would call it a rookie error um some would have said i would have tried to find it more than 10 minutes before ian and i started recording but (laughs) we've been off for two months what do you expect Uh, but don't worry that will be sorted by next week because the cable will come tomorrow all being well um however the other reason i might sound a little different is because apparently i had laryngitis while i was uh while i was off um it's taking its sweet time to go away um it's been a few weeks now and i sound a bit like a, a heavy smoker despite the fact that i don't smoke so um hopefully that will dissipate you know, over the coming weeks, but do excuse any cracks in my voice. Um, Shall we get on with some news, Chief? Yes. 
Well, we're going to start this week's news, um, perhaps slightly predictably, by talking about some of the stuff Apple um, announced this this year. Um, as some of you all know, in the past, we we often skip some of the big keynotes and announcements from Apple and Google and and uh, and Samsung simply because everybody covers them, and there's very rarely sort of a very UK specific angle to talk about. But actually, this year um, there's been quite a lot of UK specific stuff um, that we can talk about with um, with what Apple announced. Uh, and we're actually going to start by talking about the Apple TV, the 4K model that was announced. Um, the reason we wanted to talk about that is because it's going to cost £179, um, which makes it one of the most most expensive um, streaming boxes on the market here. Um, it's certainly more expensive than the Roku's, I believe. It's more expensive than um, the Amazon Fire Stick, although did they kill that? I can't remember. No, the Fire Stick's still available, but that's a yeah. that's a low end product. It's a really. low end product. No, um, yeah. It's a, you know it's a it's a premium price. You know you're paying for it. Um, but there are some other interesting things happening for the UK that's uh, with um, with the Apple TV the 4K. Firstly, it's getting ITV uh, and Channel Five um, joining the native supported apps, um, which means that it joins. Uh, I think Sky News is on there. BBC iPlayer has been on there for some time. Uh, on the um, on the newest Apple TV, at least, iPlayer is on. I don't think it's on the older ones. Um, so the UK is actually um, getting quite a lot out of Apple TV-wise with this new model. Uh, and the other thing that the UK is going to get, apparently later this year, date hasn't been fully announced, is the the Apple TV app, not to be confused with an app about Apple TV, like the remote. This is the the thing that they announced at their previous keynote for the US, which is kind of a, it's sort of a hub, isn't it, mate, for, for all the TV shows and movies that you have across both Apple and other apps on yeah. your Apple TV. It's sort of like, go to this place to stream all this stuff um, and all your, you know, sync points and favorites and stuff will sync across all of your Apple devices. Yeah. Um, you know, it's that's... really it's really a product that's exclusively for people who really really use Apple stuff a lot. Yeah, well, the TV or the Apple TV app. Well, yeah, well exactly. The, the, I mean, the, the app really. I mean, mm. that, well, the whole the whole thing. I mean, Apple TV is entirely set up, isn't it, for uh, just ev- absolutely everything being an Apple thing. Yeah, it is. It, it is absolutely. Um, but the other thing that I think is, um, is is very exciting was obviously it's 4K. I have a 4K TV, and I don't have a great deal of 4K content to watch on it, which is frustrating. Um, so this for me is, is is extremely exciting because in addition to it supporting 4K, it will also upgrade any shows that you've already bought. Well, I say shows, I mean movies. We actually don't know yet if it includes TV shows um, that have been shot in 4K. But it will upgrade anything that that is available in 4K to 4K if you bought it already. You know, for no no upgrade charge, which is which is really interesting. And it goes against you know a little bit of a precedent that Apple set for its digital stores a number of years ago when they rolled out iTunes Plus. For those of you who remember this, they got rid of the DRM on the files, the the rights management stuff, but they also increased the bit rate, the, the the sound quality from 128 kilobits per second to 256 kilobits per second. It was an enormous jump, um, but to begin with, you had to pay to upgrade those files or albums uh, yeah. uh, individually. You and you did it, didn't you? I did it for a lot of them, yeah, and ultimately it annoyed me quite a bit because they eventually just upgraded everything, and you know I didn't get a refund. But hey ho, um, could you have asked for a refund? Do you think? I doubt it. I doubt it. But with this, it's irrelevant because they're not doing that. So I, I think that's Actually. great because it's definitely the kind of thing that if Apple even didn't want to do, the movie movie studio certainly would probably want to do because they love getting you to buy things twice. And um, but they're not. 
and and for 4K HDR stuff to be priced at the same price as as HD um, is I think going to be a game changer for for 4K um, content sales because you know right now whether you get stuff legitimately or illegitimately um, or you shell out for a 4K Blu-ray player or something it's actually quite difficult to get 4K um, I think this is going to be very very interesting and um, you know very excited that that we're in the UK going to get quite a lot of this stuff all at once. Yeah, um, I mean, uh, yeah, I, but like you, I, I would, there was a time when I was sort of, I couldn't wait to get HD. I was, I was beside myself waiting for HD. It's so long in this country. Um, but 4K, I don't feel the same way about. I mean, there is a lot of things I'm excited about with 4K. Um, but at the same time, I'm just sort of thinking, I can't, I can't, I can't be bothered. Yeah. Um, and I've got a, I've got an ultra wide monitor, so um, sometimes 4K stuff would look good on that. But you try getting 4K content on a PC, not very easy. No, it's difficult. I mean, gaming is quite good. I yep. play Fallout 4. Um, Kate, my fiance Kate and I play uh, Fallout 4 together, and we have that wired into the TV and have the Xbox One controller you know wide into the pc so we we sit on the sofa and play that in 4k um you know which is it's very nice on a 65 inch screen i have to say but it's part of the reason that i i wanted to do it that way was just so i had something to justify the money i spent on that tv um uh, yeah. so you know this this will be this will be great i can definitely see myself spending you know a fair amount of money on uh on movies and, and things if, if if they're in 4k uh, certainly for a while until the novelty wears, wears off. But let us know um, if you will be uh, listeners, of course, a podcast at natelangson.com. Um, if you're going to buy one, that would be great to hear. And why? Let's talk about another thing that happened with Apple uh, this week, the Apple Watch Series 3 uh, with 4G. Now, that's going to start at £400 in the UK, which is an enormous amount of money for you know, a product like this. Um, you know, it's very predictable of Apple to, to charge something like that and, and people will undoubtedly pay it. Um, but unlike the US, we only have one choice of network to use it on, EE. Yeah. Now, EE is the biggest network, um, but at the moment it doesn't include the other big ones, O2, Vodafone and 3. We also don't know, I believe, if it uses if it works on BT Mobile. I don't believe it does. BT Mobile is owned by well, EE and uses it, the same network, but it well, is. the same backend network. But um, at the moment, we believe it's only EE. Whereas in the US, all four major uh, American networks um, will have it. So, you know, and also the uh, don't forget Plusnet, which is also um, a BT uh, EE thing. Um, I just I, I wanted to just say actually I suppose it doesn't really matter. The only the only reason it would matter was if you uh, if you were looking to get a, a better price, uh, because obviously EE can charge what it wants if it's the exclusive partner, which is why they want to be the exclusive partner. I guess I think it's it's not very expensive, is it? Um, to uh, I, I believe it's a, is it a five quid or something like that? Did you five pounds for what? Five, five pounds a month or something for a a, a, a watch. Uh, service plan for oh, is EE. It? I think, I so. I think that's I what I saw. I didn't see the prices actually for the service plans. That's interesting. I'd only seen the prices for the for the model itself. But hold on, I'll ask Google. It doesn't. It doesn't surprise me. Well, while while Ian checks that out live in real time for you, um, I thought I'd point out one other thing, which is that initially we thought this was a big exclusive deal. You know, like EE nailed the exclusive for the Apple Watch in the same way that O2 nailed the um, the iPhone for two years um, when that first came out in the UK. Um, but 
one of my colleagues and I at um, at Bloomberg looked into this, and and actually it's it's not an exclusive at all. It's just that EE was the only network prepared to invest in in upgrading and changing its network in order to support the technology that the watch necessitates uh, a network has, i.e. the ability to basically have two separate cellular devices sharing the same number and being aware of each other. That's something that you can't do without a network getting on board and saying, yes, we're going to support it. So it looked like EE um, had um, you know had, had had nailed this exclusive partnership with Apple, but um, but they haven't. It's they they're just the ones who did it who did it first. I'm with you, uh, but I mean that does that's sort of confusing in a way, um, because I wasn't. I mean, I, I I haven't really spent a lot of time thinking about the Apple Watch. I really like it. I really want one. Um, I don't think I'm going to buy one because I just think I'd rather spend. I'd honestly, I'd rather pay uh, that four hundred pounds towards the iPhone X um, or ten. Sorry, um, but uh, I, I sort of I can. I also don't necessarily think you need to have it on the same network as you would have a phone, for example. But well, you're, saying, it, it but you're saying that so it has it shares a number with your phone. So if you've got an EE phone and the Apple Watch, you can use the same number. Is that yeah. what you're saying? Well, but here's the here's the use case. This is what I think is going to be the absolute ideal use case scenario, and this is based on the fact that Apple's released some. Um, figures for the the battery in the apple watch um which is it's going to have one hour of talk time and four hours of gps um i.e you've got a mapping app open it's tracking your run um and you're doing that with with 4g so you're at home you're preparing for a run you don't want to take your phone so you put your phone down you put in your wireless airpods you press play on some music on your watch that's what that music's going to stream from the cloud over the 4G network to your watch and send that wirelessly to your wireless headphones. Then you're going to go out for a run and the map and your fitness tracker application is going to track your location with GPS, log it to whatever services you're using um, while you're on the go. And if you happen to get a call while you're away from your phone, your watch will ring. You can have a quick chat, say, hey, I'm out for a run, Um, call me later or something like that. And then when you get back home, it restores the phone number back to your phone and you presumably put your watch on charge because it'll be probably quite low battery by that point. Mm-hmm. So that's, I think, what Apple's going for with this. And I think for that market, this product is unique. You know, the Galaxy, the Samsung Gear S3 was released last year and that did have um, a, a similar embedded SIM chip inside it, but it also required, you know, a separate, either a separate contract or it, I don't believe it could share the same number on as your phone so it was um you know it, it wasn't quite the same seamless experience but it was also a lot cheaper so you're paying yeah. the apple premium for for you know what it's, apple does it's five pounds a month but you have to be an existing ee customer for as far as i know there's no technical reason you can't have as many phones as you want on one number i think the reason they don't do it is uh so that the whole country isn't just using one mobile phone contract <laughs> just sharing out phones um, but I think technically it's it's certainly possible to have all the things. I mean, it might cause problems when you answer a call altogether. Um, but at the same time, I, it, I don't need. I don't understand why it needs to work like this. I, given that you know, you, you if you leave your Apple phone, your your iPhone at home, you go out for a run in your in your use example, and you know people could call your. Uh, your your phone and you could just have the phone that apple could write the software to have the phone divert the call to your um your watch i mean again it it, it might be more complicated than that but i i kind of feel like this is being sort of sold as a 
this is the only way we can do it kind of thing. You have to have a phone contract and you have to pay this £5 extra. I don't really understand why you have to pay any extra, really, apart from the fact it does add a little bit of a load to the network. But... Yeah, because big phone company. Sure. Um, but it, really, all it's doing is you're using probably your own data pack, I would imagine. Uh, so, you know, I know you're not going to be transferring a huge amount of data anyway, because the watch only has a certain amount of capacity on it. Mm. Um, and y- y- while you may perhaps listen to Apple Music on it, you can still only sync, what is it, four gigs of music to the thing. Yeah, you uh, can sync a so, few gig, know. but but that is if you're syncing um locally you can stream as your entire music library right sure okay Uh, but i mean okay fine i i i i don't want to criticize ee too much for it because i i understand it wasn't exactly nothing to implement the system having said that uh mac rooms also says that uh a reader contacted o2 support and it was confirmed to him that o2 will be supporting it uh although no date was given yeah, and I think we'll see that from other networks as well. Um, and, and the reason is they're biding their time, I think. You know, they're biding their time to see what the adoption is is going to be like and whether it's worth making that investment. But I think what may well happen is we'll see other products come out on EE that take advantage of this kind of technology. And maybe that will be the impetus that gets the other networks to, to start competing and offer the service. And ultimately, I think that price that additional price to connect a wearable will actually disappear because once the competition is in place, there's a competitive incentive to saying, we won't charge you to use your watch on your phone contract. Um, And I think competition will bring that down, which again will probably increase adoption. So this is likely the way that it's going to go I, I love the idea of it i think it, i think it's a, a really good idea to have something on your wrist that's uh, able to communicate even if it's not doing it all the time but the idea that you can sort of send backups of you know walking data and all that kind of stuff um also it'll be a big thing for parents um you know i mean I, i'm not saying that parents want to be spending 400 quid on a watch for their kids but if you uh, were worried about your child, you know, or and you, and you want to be up, you want to know where they are, that's probably not a bad way of, uh, you know, keeping tabs on them. You give them your watch, whatever, say, OK, off you go to play. I'll call you on the watch when, you know, dinner's ready or something like that. And it gives parents a bit of peace of mind. Let us know if you're planning on uh, on, on buying one of the new Apple watches um, with 4G and, and, and why you're buying it. That's more interesting than the fact that you are buying it. You know, it's, it's the why are you buying it? What do you think you're going to do with it that's worth 400 pounds for me i would like to strap one to my cat um because it's light enough to put around his neck same and just see where he gets up to when i let him out you know yep, the same. answer is not very far at all um but if you were you know worried about a, a new cat going outside for the first time you know maybe it's worth uh, strapping a 400 pound smartwatch to to its neck um you can peace get of mind. Uh, products that cost a lot less than 400 pounds i know exactly you can but that. what self-respecting cat wants to wear one of those they're big and heavy they look stupid i wrote about I one for cena about 10 years ago uh it was like a camera that you strapped around its neck and my poor cat socks bless his now deceased heart um <laughs> he looked like a prat yeah, you know, he didn't look dignified. He he looked like he was, you know, very very cross indeed. Actually, um, whereas the Apple Watch, you know, I can imagine my cat Robin looking, you know, rather, you know, rather nice in that. But who knows? It's going to be a debate with uh, Kate and I whether we spend that money. Uh, but let us know if you're going to spend that money. Podcast at natelangson.com. Last up, just before we move away from Apple stuff entirely, um, 
we could talk for ages about the iPhone X, the iPhone 10 and the iPhone 8. Frankly, I think anyone listening to this show has either A, heard this already, or B, had enough of us talking about it. So we'll probably save our conversations for when Ian and I have actually had a chance to use it. But I mm. did want to just get, you know, your very first thoughts in brief in relation to the fact that it's going to cost a thousand pounds in britain yeah. compared to a thousand dollars in the us although now, the us d- is we- minus tax of course but still yes and uh, so what what sort of tax are we looking at in it on, on most play because you you don't pay sales tax do you on uh, internet purchases is that right i think it depends which state you're buying it from or in okay but maybe well, one of our us listeners could could write in and let well i know, know you i works. know you do in new york i know if you buy something online in new york you have to pay sales tax on it um but a thousand but... pounds this has got to be you know aside from the likes of virtu phones um in fact they've actually closed down their manufacturing in this uh i heard uh, tom Merritt on daily tech news talking about that all right back in the day let me, here's here's the thing right let me let me give you an example okay i'm Go writing on. an article i'm writing an article it will be up by the time people uh hear this podcast i've told you um, not to write articles while we do the podcast well no it's very distracting I, well I, i'm very good at doing two things at once um okay so the article goes like this i remember when i was a kid and all i wanted was a video camera like yeah. I, I always wanted to be a camera operator that was like my dream job this is a great uh, headline so I, I did really, I, I did really well. It. Yeah, this is this is exactly the headline as well. It's got all sorts of errs and ums in it as well. Um, anyway, so I, so you know, but camcorders were really expensive, and I was looking at the specs for the iPhone X10. Got to stop calling it the X. God, um, iPhone 10, and I noticed that it shoots 1080p at something crazy like 240 frames a second for slow mo. Yeah, and it does and, 4K at, at yeah, at and it's 60. 60p. Yeah. So immediately on 4K, you can slow that down for 30p, and you can get a 50% slow mo, which is quite good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it certainly gives you a nice dramatic look if you're trying to get it. But you, you know, you're still able to shoot at 4K, right? To get a camcorder or a you know like a a, a a proper piece of equipment to shoot that, you would be spending loads more than that kind of money. And that is one feature of a phone. Now look. I'm not going to pretend it's cheap, but phones have been made very accessible to us. Uh, we none of us buys them up front usually. We pay monthly. We we know it's expensive, but we're paying essentially for a a, a group of facilities that otherwise would be bulky equipment and cost a lot of money. Well, let and me throw one me, thing. Let me throw one yeah, thing on. out to you. When I was a child, I believe my parents rented a video camera. Mm. because they wanted to film a bit personal this but they wanted to film a lot of oh god almighty what are you gonna say i oh, don't worry it's a lot it's a lot less funny um it, you know when my dad found out he was gonna die because uh, he had cancer um they rented a video camera because it's very expensive to buy um mm. in order to film a lot of the time that we had with, with my brother and i with with my dad um we also rented our tv you know we rented yeah quite a and lot. you did until it was actually not possible to rent a TV anymore. You were still renting TVs, weren't you? It was more out of laziness than anything else. Sure, but, but I for, remember but that, you had that Philips TV, didn't you? I, and it was oh a rental. God, yeah, I mean, I had that was only that was back about two thousand and eight or something. But yeah. but yes, I, I did. So, but but I'm supporting your argument in that you know we sure. did rent a lot of these things in the past to have access to them. And what you're saying is that we're still renting them in a sense with a contract, yeah. but it's all one device. Yeah, I mean, I, and I, I, I'm not going to. Def- it's not my job to defend Apple and its pricing structure. I do think it's too expensive. I think that Apple. I mean, on this phone, it'll probably be a little bit like the Galaxy S6 when they re- released that phone with curved edges. Uh, they didn't want. They didn't really want to sell a lot of them because it wasn't a big profit center for them. It was expensive to make. 
it required a lot of extra equipment. Now, obviously, as time has gone on, uh, and as the S7 came out and the you know and the S8, it has got significantly cheaper to build those phones because of the experience they've gathered. Uh, uh, you know, you could say that Apple doesn't didn't have to charge that much extra um, because ultimately it could subsidise it a little bit. It could just take a little bit off its profit, um, but at the same time, you know. It's a business. Like businesses are about making profit, and and people will pay it. Yeah, and they will they pay. Just... It. And the belief is that this thousand pound phone is going to be the catalyst to Apple becoming the first company worth a trillion dollars. I know. I'm sure we'll see that. But I just, I, I, I and I, I don't necessarily have a problem with it. I, I do sort of wonder about what Apple is really up to with all that money. I mean, what's the point of just amassing money, especially as it doesn't tend to do, you know, it's, it's not a company that's heavily investing in new things all the time. And we certainly I, I, I would, I would, cars. I would argue that it very much is massively investing in stuff all the time. But sure. also, don't forget, but it still that has, there are dividends it? That, that it pays investors yeah, and, it, and things like that. But that's none of that's the point. That you're absolutely right, and and of course that's true. But they still have amassed some. What is it? Two hundred billion dollars. Well over. In, well in the bank, and this most is of not it off, money. Most of it offshore, outside of the US, because sure. they don't want to repatriate it. But no, you know that's a separate conversation. It sure is. But you know that. But I, uh, all I'm saying is really, you know, it. They, they could take a little hit on it. They could have made it a little bit more affordable. Um, but ultimately, why should they? People will pay it. I'm just remembering that line from Jurassic Park. It, I, it, I assume it's in the film. It might not be. Uh, but certainly in the book is about, you know, like having coupon days and stuff like that for Jurassic Park. So, you know, we can charge anything we want and people will pay it. Yeah. I mean, the, the other thing is, is that you have to maintain a premium. The fact is they're releasing the iPhone 8, which is already, you know, a decent upgrade over the iPhone 7. And that's already the top end premium phone. So they've got yeah. to price something even higher to keep that kind of luxury you know be the guy in the pub that's got the iphone 10 uh and that <clears throat> that comes with a couple of hundred pounds extra in, in premium for the for the yeah. willy waving so let us know what you think i'm i'm broadly with ian on, on this one although personally uh, you know until i've used an iphone 10 um i'm withholding my judgment as to whether i I put down the money um partly because the iphone 7 is so good and that means well, the iphone 8 is going to be bloody brilliant and so the iphone 10 is a first gen with new untested tech you know I don't know if I'm that brave as an early adopter to 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 buy one. Although I did with the um with the thin MacBook, you know, I bought one of those. Yeah. You know that, I, and that, that worked out really well, didn't it? It did, and I should have waited because the second one had a much better keyboard and a faster processor. But hey ho. Um, well, yeah, but you 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 say that, but it didn't really affect your enjoyment of the product, did it? Like, I mean, they, no. the next one will always be quicker. Yeah. The new one is my friend Lexi. Uh, I advised her buy buy one of those um, instead of the MacBook Air, and she adores it. But it's got an i3 processor, which you know, mine's got an old core m atom first, is it an, oh it's, no, a, it's yeah. the first gen core m the app the atoms they're more of a netbook thing aren't they a very very cheap tablet machine uh yeah processor. um and that you get them in nas drives a lot yeah they're not really designed yeah. for that are they low, low power stuff anyway let us know anything you think about any of the stuff we've talked about today um obviously uh all thoughts are are welcome at podcast at natelinson.com I'm dedicating this uh, this next uh, section to Carl Pilkington, uh, and for that reason, I will call this new section "Chimpanzee That Monkey News." <laughs> 
I remember that podcast. From where it just it, as as Ricky Gervais went on, he got more and more cross about the whole oh, thing, and the and the, the the sting got angrier and angrier, didn't it? It it really did. Uh, I'm saving everybody's ears by not doing a direct impersonation, um, but for those of you who get the reference, you're welcome. This is the news, though, of course, that uh, a Welsh photographer this week settled a two-year battle with the animal rights group PETA over this quote-unquote monkey selfie. Uh, this was according to the BBC and, and others this week. This was the case of Naruto the macaque monkey. Uh, he took a picture uh, in a jungle in Indonesia in 2011 uh, with a, a camera owned by David Slater, who's a photographer from Monmouthshire in Wales. And the argument was, says Peter, who mounted this lawsuit in the US against the Welsh guy, that the monkey owned the copyright and therefore was entitled to the royalties that were being made off Slater's um, you know, promotion of the image and sale of the image. That was quite a controversial claim. Uh, certainly there was no claim settled like that in the past. Um, and so it rattled on for two years. The US judges said, because they've ruled this now, that the copyright protection couldn't be applied to the monkey. It couldn't. Uh, so they were basically doing this on the monkey's behalf. And the result was that Slater has agreed to donate 25% of any future cash that he makes from the picture to registered charities that, quote, are dedicated to protecting the welfare or habitat of Naruto. Um you know, I mean, Slater had said that he'd put a lot of effort in, which was more than enough for his claim to copyright. But, you know, I don't actually like this lawsuit, but I can at least no, see no, where Peter came from in that. No, Techni- I, no technically, no. Slater didn't take the picture. If I lent you my camera no, and you took a picture, simply, I don't own that, your photo. That's absolute nonsense. An animal can't own a copyright on anything. It's just stupid. It's the continuing effort to... Um, you know, for particularly Peter, an organisation that should be concentrating on saving animals rather than just constantly launching lawsuits against people and, in the words of uh, David Slater, essentially ruin his life. I mean, the man nearly gave up photography because of this lawsuit. Um, and it just, it's classic bullying. They were they wanted to administer the fund on the monkey's behalf, didn't they? You know, I mean, this is... Uh, I, I don't see how that is going to benefit the monkey. The only way it, you could say, uh, OK, so here's the plan, right? The monkey took the photo. Monkeys don't really need money because they're, you know monkeys uh so instead why don't we simply uh buy him as many bananas as he wants like he can have infinite bananas and then that would be a you know perhaps a justifiable uh use of the money but not giving it to peter to administer Uh, uh, i read early on in this lawsuit that apparently um the this photo that uh well that slater is responsible for um has done more to secure the future of these monkeys than anything anyone else had done before. They were on the verge of extinction, and he and this photo has re- done so much to raise awareness of the monkey that it's actually probably done an enormous amount of good. Um, and yeah, Peter are just the worst. They really are. I have no time for lawsuits like this. It was bullying, plain and simple, and I, I'm amazed it took this long. If I was him, I'd have uh, I'd have gone after them for money, some sort of huge settlement. And there's a lot of great reasons to be, uh, you know, a vegetarian or a vegan. These are all sort of th- things that Peter champions. Um, but unfortunately, they do it in such an objectionable way the whole time that they really they they really do make themselves. They have given themselves less impact. Uh, you know, if you if you want to look after animals, 
find a good charity, donate some money. Uh, it, they'll be very grateful for it. Peter is a waste of space. Well, moving back into uh, a bit of uh, telecoms news, Vodafone is looking at investing in uh, the laying out of ultra-fast full-fibre broadband connections to homes and businesses in Britain if it can find partners to share some of the costs. Now, this is according to a top, of, uh, top executive speaking to Reuters on uh, on Wednesday this week. Vodafone UK's CEO, Nick Jeffrey, had said that he had the capital available uh, to make such an investment in Britain, which is very, very exciting because at the moment, Britain's broadband infrastructure outside of the, the likes of sort of City Fibre and, and Virgin is dominated by OpenReach, which is, you know, it's owned by BT, but run as a separate business as of this year. Um, and that provides a lot of the connections to Vodafone, as well as BT, and also its competitors like TalkTalk Talk and Sky and, and others. So if Vodafone could do this, it would set them up very much as a not only as a big competitor to, to Virgin Media, but also potentially as a big competitor to OpenReach and BT, while simultaneously being able to really bolster, I think, its sort of quad play um, packages of um, home phone. And um, I mean, we don't know if it's going to do TV, do we? It's not really a quad play, I suppose. But um, certainly they have a lot of video sort of services um, that they, they could roll out with this. So it's quite exciting, I believe, certainly from a competitive standpoint. Well, it is. But I mean, there's co- constant rumours, aren't there, that um, that Vodafone will... It's it's a complicated story, but, but there's a deal that was supposed to happen where Vodafone would sell its UK and European operations to Liberty Media, who owns Virgin Media, and then something like and then but Virgin but Vodafone would keep some obscure part of its network and buy Virgin Media. Uh, that that it's very confusing. I when I've read the news about it, I was like what uh but anyway so but it, this sort of does position them more as a competitor for virgin yeah absolutely it? you know full full fiber is is very much going to compete with virgin if they can match the speeds because at the moment open reach doesn't come close to me- matching the kind of speeds that virgin um does you know i've got 390 megabits per second in my house now you know bt doesn't come anywhere near that whatsoever no and but BT doesn't come near that almost through choice. Like BT's never set out to be the fastest broadband provider. They they probably could deliver they could deliver at least 300 I think to most people who have a within reach of a cabinet. But they just sort of don't seem to feel that's the best. I'm just not sure they could without laying out a lot of extensive infrastructure that they don't use right now. Because Virgin, although it's not fibre to the premises, it's fibre to the cabinet and then coaxial into the premises. Whereas if BT did it, they'd have to use copper. Sure, but I mean, um, from the cabinet yeah, to, the t- to the to the house, and I just don't. Yeah, but but BT but BT's uh, street cabinets tend to be much more numerous than Virgin's, and um, and BT's system doesn't rely on uh, customers sharing the coax from the house to the cabinet, which Virgin's does. And that causes a lot of problems because actually you can have quite bad street level congestion on Virgin because if a lot of people on your street have uh, of the say, you know, Virgin say up to 300 megs, um, if they if they're all downloading full speed at the same time, they can congest the line quite badly. If they anyway, can, I it, certainly it, it, have never, ever experienced w- it in no. seven years. And you don't. 
and you don't probably wouldn't because I think the 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 bandwidth on those coax is quite high. But it certainly has in the past been a problem. It was I, I remember it having conversations with Virgin years ago about stuff like this. Um, and you know, and but anyway, I suppose the point is that it is probably becoming a little bit more affordable now, and especially with the open reach being spun out as a, a different company and the rules changing quite substantially, it would I think possibly even be um possible now to use uh bt's uh overhead lines for um for getting fiber optic to people's houses which might make it a bit more affordable that's how the americans do it we've never done it like that in this country Mm. i mean certainly there's um there's there's proof that that uh you know vodafone is putting its money where its mouth is because it's going to spend two billion euros it's already committed to doing on full fiber connections in germany um and i I believe it wants to do them in other european i want to say france and spain as well but certainly it's um it's already been announced that they're going to do this in germany so I, i believe it's part of quite a wide european strategy to really be a player in the in the um in the fiber space which is really good news for me as a as a vodafone customer um yeah, but it would be also be really good for to have someone that isn't Virgin offering a cabled yeah. service that would might be get, you know it, it it would certainly help to drive down those ridiculous prices. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we're going to leave it there. I think um, for this week we've um, we've covered we've covered quite a lot, and we're looking forward to being back uh, you know on our now weekly basis. So do start the emails coming back into us podcast at nateslangson.com. Obviously, you can check us out on uh, on Twitter at textmessagepod. That is where we post through the week all the stories um, that we're, we might discuss um, on the on the following week's show. Um, certainly, you can tweet stuff at us that you would like us to discuss. We also, you know, we reply to people on there and we sometimes fold those conversations into the show. Um, so please do that as well. And obviously, if you're not yet uh, a Patreon supporter, and thank you to those of you who, um, who are, then now is a great time to maybe give us a give us a chance you know we had a really good chat this week um on the patreon the extended uh, version about um samsung's galaxy note 8 rebates uh, being a lot better for the us than it certainly is for us in in the uk uh, we also had a really nice chat uh, about uh, the the ideas behind location tracking with your your loved ones not just kids but your your partners and why that might be uh, useful um so uh, plus plus there's a lot more other stuff that we've we've kept in there but um do check us out if you uh, if you want there's no commitment patreon.com slash uk tech we did have a few people leave us over the over the break which was uh, a little bit depressing but understandable but what did bug me is a couple of people in their exit survey had said um that they were unhappy because they they'd signed up and never got any episodes through um the feed despite <laughs> the fact that it was pretty clear on the post that we were on a break and uh you know that with there were sure. no episodes going out on the free feed either so i'm i'm really not quite sure um, what people were were getting yeah, at, since and no one was they charged. Being like, charged. I mean, we we could have, well, yeah, we could have gone for a monthly fee, couldn't we? And and you know, and then taking two months off that would have been a bit of a cheat. That's cheap. exactly um, why we didn't do monthly. We exactly, do it- and and I and I like the idea of pa- uh, people only paying when we when we deliver because that means that you know first of all there's a little reward for di- you know delivering a, you know when we do it, but also it means we don't have to obsess about doing a show every week um, and feel the terrible crushing guilt of missing a week because I just couldn't live with that. Honestly, no, neither could I, and that's that's the reason we do it the way we do it. So nobody was charged for anything while we were we were off. So if uh, any of you are listening and were a Patreon subscriber or something, um, you know, do come back, do give us a try. You know, we we do. Try 
try and do a lot um, a lot there. We have a few tiers as well. We have our unedited raw uh, feed, which this week is well well over an hour uh, of, of content. Um, if you if you want that. Um, uh, anyway, <laughs> but why the hell would yes. you? <laughs> well, some people do, and they can tell us. No, they do, and we love them because we, it's we do indeed. Um, that'll do for us for this week. Thank you. See you in a week. <laughs>